previously on Getting Dicey. This is Morley, he's a detective. Bill, he's also a detective. You're making Blinsky very flustered. Uh, have you spoken to Bluto? He has had some uh, trouble. In Come on, man, out with it. He was seen once trying to kidnap small child. I feel like I should turn my music off in my store. This is a very <laughs> serious... <laughs> he lives on the outskirt of town. I motion Molly inside with me. And there are empty bottles, fishing lines and, and sinkers and, and hooks and stuff like that. And a lot of fishing gear, kempen sacks up against one of the walls. You don't find much in this room, but what you do find is maybe one or two longish black hairs. You do see just a couple of scratches on the hardwood floor. There's just an old wrinkled lady with a cane standing at her door. Is everything all right over there? Tell me, have you accepted the Lord and Saviour into your heart? Are you doing the Lord's work tonight, are you? We just come to call on Bluto, see how he's doing? I don't think he's home. I think he's out doing a spot of uh, night fishing. He's taken his sack full of bait out with him to the the lake. Let's head out immediately. You can see, just slightly silhouetted, a fourth boat can be seen in the middle of the lake with that lone figure sitting in it with a fishing pole in hand. You notice the man put down the fishing line and he leans down, he lifts up this big sack and just drops it over the edge of the boat. I call upon the aquatic spirits and I turn into a crocodile and slither into the water. Emotion overtakes her. She whips forward in an instant, grabs him by the leg and plummets off the edge of the boat. The last few bubbles of air release from the man's mouth. His leg severs and his body drops to meet the bodies at the bottom of the lake. Getting dicey. <laughs> You've just left uh, the body at the bottom of this uh, of the lake, and I'm assuming you're now heading back. Unless you're just going to start feeding on his body as well. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a much peckish. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to swim back up to the surface as a crocodile and. Um, jump back up on the boat and then turn back into my usual form. Just kind of like pat the water off. If, if you ate a man in your crocodile form and then <laughs> turned back into your normal elven form, mm-hmm. would you have like an arm like protruding from your guts? <laughs> <and> <laughs> like... Yes. I mean, that's a good question. How do calories work in wild shape? We need to know right <laughs> now. Because It wouldn't be so like... All you of your gear shifts with shape. you, right? <laughs> yeah, like what you're wearing just like shaped shifts with you. Mm. Mm. Um, questions. We have questions. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a way to gorge yourself, really. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a perfect diet method. Binge. Um, the calories that you eat in wild shape don't count. That's how I maintain my felt physique. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point. The rest of you. Um, Baron, Bill, and Morley, you're still on the boats on the surface of the water. You've just seen um, the crocodile version of Mirakin just snap mm. at the guy, pull him off the boat, down into the depths of the water, blood bubbles coming up from the lake waters. Uh, no, wait, wait. That, I think I said that what? sentence. I think I added, Shannon, you've ruined me on that one, sorry. Um, well, I didn't say <laughs> I didn't catch that. I said blood bubbles, and then I said comes up and I think he was blood bubbling. No, no, I didn't even hear that one. I, I was laughing because previously you said uh, pulls him off. Oh, well, I mean, that goes, hand, that goes hand in hand, doesn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> we are absolute children. <laughs> um, and after after a uh, thirty or forty seconds, Merican, um, and still in crocodile form, surfaces uh, to the top of the lake. I'm just going to dust off my hands and just that. Oh, that's crazy! A wild animal just pulled him to his death. That's kind of convenient for us to make sure we get going. Yeah. Yes. Wild animal. Um, <laughs> um, he, he had it coming, didn't he? Really? He did. You didn't see a hip flask float out, did you? <laughs> I'll be right back. In his pocket. <laughs> Can I have that in my mouth? Give me a... <laughs> I can't roll. I roll I'm, 20 fingers. I'm going to need like a perception check to see if you noticed it, basically. Okay. Just like as I was killing the man, I saw a flask of alcohol and be like, Brian, Brian would love that. <laughs> um, I think with a roll of eight, you, you, you... Okay, yeah, you're fine. You see it. You see, you've seen it. It's I think it would be like plus not. two or plus three, but my, my character sheet's yeah, broken. Yeah, I was going to be like a roll of DC 10. That was what I was thinking. Mm. So if you added your modifier on, yes. Yeah, eight plus four. Yeah, your <laughs> wisdom would be very high as a druid. As a druid. I'm going yeah. to cough that out. <laughs> right. oh. it just lands on my lap and I'm going to wipe the slime off the thing um, Morley in your boat wearing your jacket at the moment is little Arabelle um, she looks to be like 7 years old she's still drenched from, um, from being uh, thrown into the lake uh, Bill on your boat I believe it's just you and a skeleton friend yep one of one of the Baron's skeleton friends, um, Molly Arabelle, um, sort of. Is her name just Bell? Was it, we can go back to Bell. We can, <laughs> it was Ara, it was Arabelle, but we did shorten it to Bell. I think. Um, she says, "My name's Arabelle." No, uh, <laughs> We're just going to call you Bell. <laughs> wrong, wrong kid. Chuck her back in the drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, she she. How's she looking? Um. Give me uh, an insight roll, actually, Baron. Insight. I'll roll it one of these. Seven Have plus you got any, maybe. Is, is roll twenty just not working for anybody tonight? Uh, no, uh, it's not. Um, <laughs> we'll just call it a seven because <laughs> I don't even have my sheet ready. Technical <laughs> problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think the only thing. It seems a little strange. She hasn't cried this entire time since she's woken up to this point that she's sitting in the boat in front of you right now. Um, and she's got her arms folded in front of her. She's shivering a little bit, but the, the folding of her arms almost looks like almost kind of staunch, I guess, like she's trying to be strong. Um, and she looks up at Molly and says, I would like to, to go home now, if that'd be okay. Of, of course, of course. Are, are you doing okay? Are you hungry? Are you, do you feel ill? Do you have any injuries? Um, I think I'm okay. I, I mean, no, he he f- he fed me, and I, so I'm not hungry. Well, we we'll give you some time to rest now as we get you back to shore. But we might have a few questions for you. Something not right about this. Something not right at all. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you you've saved me, so I, I'll you know, I'm happy. To, I can answer what I can. And she she almost sounds a, a more adult than child. Really, she seems she's she's being very serious she's um 
she's not showing the age of what you might think a seven-year-old having been kidnapped and dumped into a lake might be might be sort of coming across. She seems quite grown up. I'm gonna open up my hip flask and have a swig. It's like so I'm just yeah, it's like handling this very well. Really potent, like almost a hundred percent like um, ethanol, like just this brutally strong um, hit. Uh, passes your lips into your mouth. Yeah, yeah. You're handling it better than I am. <laughs> Jesus. Let's get about the shore, eh? Yeah, good idea. Legs. Yeah. You can maybe have some of that when you're back on dry land. <laughs> let's get her. Let's get her all, all, as all as back. Sorry. Let's get us all back to shore. Yeah, great. That's so. You're you're about 400 feet out. Um, at the moment, out into the lake at the moment. So it does take a few minutes, a bit more relaxed rowing now uh, as you make your way back to the shore. Um, and You're very good at this, Morley. <laughs> and on the shore waiting for you is, <laughs> is a bunch of skeletons, obviously, still. Uh, and, I, and Irina and, and, and Ismark as well. Um, um, I want to pick up Belle in the coat and carry her over to Irina and say... We got her. We got her. It wasn't easy, but we got her. She seems to be okay. Irina just wanna... runs up, runs up to you, um, looking so proud that you've saved this girl. Because, uh, you know, she has only seen what you've shown her right now. Um, and she she's kind of gives you a big hug uh, and sort of wraps one arm around the kid and one arm around you. Um, and she says, oh, you poor thing, you poor thing. Oh, are you okay? Molly, please let me let me take her. Um, and she grabs um, Belle off you and sort of, uh, are you okay? Are you okay to walk? Uh, and Belle says, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I, I'm strong. I can, I can do that. And um, Irina puts her down, like, feet onto the ground. And she's a little shaky at first. She has, obviously, you've brought her back from drowning. Um, but she, she stands tall and, and um, Irina looks up at you, Morley, and smiles and says, she does look very cute in your in your jacket, Molly. It's a it's a nice jacket. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, Doesn't really know what to say in that situation. Um, and Irina rushes off back to the wagon to find some sort of cloth and, and comes back to uh, start drying off um, the face of Belle and trying to and starts trying to wring bits of her, uh, her clothing to try and wring some of the water out. What are the rest of you uh, of you up to? Who are you asking in particular? I don't want to interrupt. Sure, sure. Let's let's go with Bill. What's Bill? You've um, you're in a boat with the the skeleton at the moment. You're making your way back, or maybe maybe you've made it to shore now. What is, what's Bill's plan? Uh, yeah, so I'm hopping off the boat and starting to get ready to leave because I think um, I'm pretty anxious to get that diamond back, and I'm sure the Vistania anxious to get Bell back. Um, Bell, I probably said those around the wrong way. Bell, Bell <laughs> hears you say that, and she sort of turns to face you, Bill, and says, "My father is going to be so happy to have me back. I am sure he will give you anything that you want. There will, there will absolutely be something for you in his in his little wagon for you. Wagon. Just, just what we gave him would be fine. <laughs> oh, um, I'm going to pet my um." my pockets and then um, get my bag and uh, walk over to Bell with it and I'm going to um, produce the, the toy that I bought from Blinsky that's half 
It's like a centaur or something like that. Yeah, yeah. A lion. I don't think it was a centaur. Thank you. Centaurs are banned (laughs) from getting dicey. It was uh, (laughs) was a very cute centaur. And I'm going to say, here, um, (laughs) you're a girl of fine taste, I see. And (laughs) and we got this from Blinsky who said that you liked it. Um, her face lights up in a very childlike sort of glee for a moment before coming back to that serious kind of adult mm. uh, persona she's kind of putting on. Um, and she she runs up to you and takes it from you, gives it just this big hug, um, and then just like cl- like clings onto your legs and just gives you a big hug as well. Um, oh. And she says, "Thank okay. you so much. I I've wanted this for I've wanted this for so." Long, I wanted, and this, uh, that old drunk said he was going to get this for me if I just just helped him out. And thank you for bringing this to me. Well, uh, you deserve it because you've been through some tough times and you're handling it like a champ. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to sort of wiggle and strangely, you know, like a bit uncomfortable having this child just clinging to my leg. But I'm going to try and walk, and I suppose she's still clinging on. Yeah, she, she's uh, still kind of, she's just like following alongside you now. She's, um, you've given her that <laughs> to her. You're moving to try and move, and she's just yeah. staying with you that whole time. And Irina uh, sort of laughs a little bit from, from over on the side. Um, and Isma um, comes over to you, Morley, um, and says... She's taking this rather well, don't you think? A little, a little too well, Ismark. There's, there's something not quite right about her, but I just wanted to get her to shore and get her warm and dry before we ask her a few questions. I don't know how aggressive we should be with the questioning. Aggressive? Mm. <laughs> I'm feeling aggressive. I think we should be as aggressive as possible. Ismark lowers his voice I, I a little bit. don't know about that, American. <laughs> As Mark lowers his voice a little bit, he says, Molly, do you remember what I said a few days ago about um, those who have and those who don't have souls? Was oh, the, the soul stuff. Was, of course I remember. I thought about very little else since. Well, <laughs> was, did, she, did she, has she cried? Has she cried since you've brought her up? Oh, God. And Morley kind of has that moment of realisation of, like, linking the not crying to not having a soul and then, no, oh, no tears, says Mark. Not a, not a drop. Okay, that, okay. No, don't look, it doesn't make her any less of a, of a Barovian or Vistani. It's, uh, it's just good, good to know. Good to know. Did, um, did somebody say that the Vistani don't have souls? Was that something that Esmeralda or... One of the townsfolk said to us. Um, Bill tries to recall. So what you've learned so far is that obviously uh, when someone dies in Barovia, their soul moves, um, they can't escape out into the afterlife. And it gets just like everyone is cursed to remain in Barovia. Um, if there is a newborn, uh, a soul can now bounce back and, and inhabit a newborn. Um, but what can happen also is that a newborn can be born and no soul attaches to it because souls can't get in from the outside either. Um, so some in Barovia are born Greenhouse without souls. Gases. <laughs> yeah. Um, Climate. I'm change. sure there will be rumors that there are no Vistani without soul, uh, with a soul, but that is yet to be confirmed, really. Sounds like a racist trope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Especially since you know Vistani can come and go from Barovia as they wish. So, just on the soul thing, I know we've done the soul conversation. It's been a while, it's been a while. To refresh my memory, there are only a certain number of souls ever in Barovia. That number is static. Mm -hmm. So if if the townsfolk just went at it like rabbits, there'd be more people (laughs) born without souls. Correct, Mm. correct. So the population has risen since this started. Correct. Mm. But by how much? I don't think that's in the book. I don't think there's a population <laughs> counter. Is there a Barovian census we can reference? Yeah. Is there What's a percentage the of soulless people? Well, luckily we have a burgomaster right here. Have you got um, records <laughs> on you dating back, say, 150, 200 years? <laughs> I'm going to need to see your local, your four-year census data dating back, please. <laughs> Uh, I'll look into it when I get back uh, to my village. I'm sure. I'm you sure. Don't. I'm sure. Dear Papa kept his information somewhere. You don't. You don't just have that scroll on you. Not on me. No. 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 Right. <laughs> oh. What do you? What? What? Do you think that that man was trying to drown soulless children, or just for Stanley? What was his motivation? Um. Under something there, American. The little girl, uh, while still... I must say, Hmm? all the colours, the colours of the clothing and deep in the lake, they were all colourful. I did notice. While still clinging to to the Baron's legs, the little girl looks over to you, American, and says, he thought, he thought, he thinks or thought that we're lucky. He thought that the Vistani are lucky. And he he just kept going on about... um, if he could sacrifice one of us to the lake, that maybe he would finally catch some fish. Oh, oh my spirits. How depraved. Absolutely depraved. I'm so glad that wild animal killed him. <laughs> yeah, that was lucky that just popped up. Well, I mean, he's taken his hobby too far. If he <laughs> to put it mildly. Fishing is that important. Hmm. Yeah. In conclusion, he's taken his hobby too far. That is that is it. Uh, Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, what time is it now? It's quite late, isn't it? Um, the gates closed it. I think you ventured out here at about six. Um, We had two two hours to get back. Yeah. So you're you're probably looking at probably seven o'clock at this point. We're better going to move on time to the village. Yeah. Hard cut. Can we make it? Hard cut <laughs> to the team all aboard the carriage heading back towards um, Velaki. Yes. We'd like to that. see the look on on uh, uh, Christopher Argyle's face when he sees that we've come in under the time limit quite handsomely, just as we promised. Well, hang on. Wasn't Christopher Argyle the bloke with the diamond? Yes. Uh, that, that's diff- <laughs> he's different. To th- oh, right. The time limit of finding 24 towns. hours. Yeah. Well, There's we haven't sorry, got the time there limits yet. in play. So we're going to get back to the. We're going to get back to. What the, where the fuck's this village? The future, Malaki. Marty! <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get back to Velaki. Oh like, my god, now, now there's time travel. The hour, and then inside that, <laughs> we've got, then got to go to the Vistani camp. Mm. Easy. Shall we just Easy. go straight there? Just no, go straight there. At night. 
It's not like. Well, let's have a look. I've, I've put you on the, the Velaki town map. You guys. Such a pussy. You can't travel at night. <laughs> you know, that actually isn't a fair point, though. We've established a very. Yeah, it's 6.30. <laughs> 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 very much like me. <laughs> oh, it's too late now. We can't go out. It's, like, it's, it's very clearly dusk, <sighs> yeah. guys. We cannot. <laughs> um. You get back to the gates. You never know what's going to happen, you know. Like if we leave tomorrow morning, early morning, you know, something, you know, this place, random shit happens all the time. We get attacked by werewolves or something. Mm. You get back to the yeah. gate and the same guard that saw you uh, leave uh, is giving you a big smile as he's uh, holding the gate ready to close it. You get there maybe five minutes to eight and he's 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 like, oh, you got back just in time. That's great. Come on back in, guys. Um, and he notices... Young uh, Arabelle in the in the um, carriage as well. He said, "Oh my gosh, you found her!" Of course, we did. You all right we in there, little her. one? You all right in there? He just gives her a little wave through the window, and she's just not reacting to him. She's just looking at this little. She's seated next to the Baron, looking at this little yeah. uh, doll. Don't talk to the police. <laughs> Let's go. Um, <laughs> and you guys venture th- through into Vlaki, and the gates are, are closed behind you. Um, so, if you want to take a look at the map, down sort of uh, just southwest of the Western Gates, um, there is a, a small camp that has been pointed out to you guys before. Um, it would only probably take you a good twenty minutes to get there from from the eastern, uh, sorry, from the Western Gates, if you were if you were keen on going there tonight. What do we want to do, guys? Do we want to risk it or stay? At the nice tavern. I imagine we go straight the, there. Imagine the reception we're going to get at the Vistani camp. They'll probably put us up in their glamping style. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like a nice best, tent. With like a fridge. Tent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine, like, they're, they're going to be worried all night if we just stay yeah. there. If, if it was your daughter, Bill, you'd want you'd want us to come back ASAP. Have a daughter, Bill. Just go to the just go no, to the tavern I'm, for I'm the same. <laughs> We're all childless spinsters, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. Are oh, you muted, Bill? It's generally good to know where your kids are. People frown upon it if you don't. So you don't think if someone Agreed. found your kid that you'd want them just to go to the tavern for the night before delivering the Probably <laughs> <laughs> I'm mom, like, mom, look, <laughs> if we get attacked and killed because we're out at night, well, that's not good either. But I reckon we should risk it. Mm. I mean, we've we've it actually um, made made sure Velaki's not safe anymore anyway. Yeah, this so. place is shithole. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you say it was like looking like there'd been monster attacks inside now? Yeah. So we've ruined yeah, that security for them. That's kind that's of the, good. the big difference between Velaki since you were last here and Velaki this visit is it looks now slowly like it's going to end up in a similar oh, state good. that maybe the village of Barovia was at. Whereas a coincidence. Oh. Main, right? <laughs> yeah. We are the heroes in this story, right? <laughs> yeah. The Vistani scene. The Vistani seem to be always safe at night. I mean, they just hang out in their tents in their wagon circle, which admittedly has a hole in it now, thanks to Esmeralda, but um, <laughs> I, say right. we go, I say we go to the camp. It's sorted. This is the sort of the conversation you guys are having on your way through Velaki. Um, Bill, you mentioned, you know, how the Vistani always seem to be okay, that they kind of be able to sit wherever they want. They don't seem to be attacked. Um, and the little girl looks to you and says, well, that's... Because Stride makes sure we're okay. Um, 
and the atmosphere in the carriage Ooh. just drops for a moment as Read you, the room. Uh, <laughs> as you silently make your way through now Velaki, the township of Velaki. Can I just ask you about that? Yeah. Um, why? Why? Um, I mean, I know he might be a friend of yours, but he's certainly not been very kind to us. Um. He, she kind of just shrugs and says, you, you'll need to ask um, my dad a bit more about all of that, I guess. Um, and as Mark gives you a quick reminder of how um, the Vistani were the ones that that helped and brought Strahd sort of back, to, back from a dying state hundreds of years ago during this big battle that went down. And so because of that kindness that he, they showed him, he gives them the license to come and go as they like and and also sort of make sure that they're okay while within Barovia as well. So it's like they a... They also... He can't even come and go as he likes. That's correct. That's correct. How does he give them that power? That's interesting. Mm. We can uh, ask him strange, at dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good... Conversation. So, uh, how about the Vistani, eh? <laughs> what is um, the deal with Vistani? You make your way through uh, Vallaki and find yourselves at the Western Gate. Um, oh, hello, hello. What are we? What are we got here, oh, guys? No. Where's my mouth? There we go. Hey, it's you guys. Sorry, I've just closed up the gate. You guys, all right? Open it up again, Greg. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get out, Greg. You've got to get out. But it's eight o'clock. I've closed it. Greg, hurry up. Right Come on. Let's chat more gate opening. <laughs> Will you guys be back? Greg. Not tonight. I'm opening it. I'm just asking just to make sure that if you're coming back. Gate. It's, no, no, no. You're not going to be back. So I can just lock it up. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you stay here overnight, don't you, Greg? Yeah. Well, I'm doing it out of love at the moment. So I try and stay here as long as I can. And if I get if Greg gets sleepy, Greg goes to bed. So. Oh. All right. Oh. Good, oh, good story, Greg. Greg. Just before we go, Greg, <laughs> Greg yes? we noticed that a lot of um, houses have been like attacked by what looks like wild beasts. Yes, that's right. He, so have uh, monsters been getting into the into the town? We've been getting a few more wolves, um, a few more wolves in here the last few days, last few nights, and obviously they're coming in at night time. Yeah, it's coming in at night time and. Because of the reduced guards, you know, some of them died and some of them just quit, left, went off to... So do they... Wherever. Do you think they get over the gate, over the fence, or the fence is not being used? I'm not actually sure. I think some of them are coming up over the fence. Maybe there's some... Maybe they've been attacking and breaking some areas of the fences, but all I know is we've been having to kill quite a few more wolves lately. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck to you guys. Watch your back. Not from me. I mean, oh. from the wolves. <laughs> it sounded like I was threatening you. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm just wishing you well. Watch your fucking back. <laughs> watch your have <laughs> started killing wolves. Watch your back. Morley's like doing that, like pointing at his eyes, pointing at Greg. You motherfucker. I'm like, all right, well, gates open. Yeah, enough living, Greg. Okay, well, that's Nothing ominous. Okay, good night. <laughs> Where do you give him the team of deer, Barrett? <laughs> I was just trying to figure out what's happening, why this place is looking shittier, you know, with wolf. Oh, the blokes are wanker. 
He's so Give another nice. go. He's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Greg. I'm with Molly. I don't have time for Greg's nonsense. Let's get going immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so there's, there's um, it looks like from the map that you've got in front of you, there's a couple of different ways down into this camp. I don't know if you guys mind or care which way you're entering in this camp, considering you don't know. Well, let's ask Arabelle. Arabelle, um, what's the best way to go? Um, just coming, coming from the north, I think we'll be fine. That should be more than more than fine. It's, okay. the, it's the main way um, we use. We do that. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Cool. Any any further questions? Just during this conversation to um, uh, to the camp that you want to sort of ask of Arabelle, or do you think you've got sort of everything that you need to know about what happened with her and the situation? Arabelle, how did you- how did you get taken? How did you first get taken by Pluto from the camp? And she she squeezes the little toy that she's been she's been handed, and she says, "Well, I, I was looking at I was looking at this," and she holds it up um, through the window of the store. Um, and he came up to me and he said that I'll buy one of those for you if you like, young lady. If you could just come home and help clean my house. Um, and I didn't really have much money, and and I do some tidying up at the camp. And I thought I could. Oh, it's, it's not your fault. No one's blaming you at all. What were what were you doing in Velaki? Um, I, I venture into the Velaki every now and then. It's the nearest sort of town, the only place we can buy um, food and vegetables if we need them. And sometimes us kids, you know, take a look in some of the stores while the adults are doing things. Oh. All right, so, okay. Uh, but I've got, but I've got the toy now, thanks to you. And she just beams this big smile and looks looks over at the Baron and just mouths the word "thank you" to the to the Baron. Oh, you're welcome. What a nice smile. Are you, don't have happen happen to have any cigarettes, do you? <laughs> Couldn't bum a cigarette off here. Yeah? Uh, I'm going to roll the dice here. Uh, no, she doesn't. I was trying to decide whether or not she might have, like, stolen some or stuff like that, like, from the camp or things like that. She doesn't have any... It's worth asking. She doesn't have any cigarettes on her. Um, okay, let's uh, move you guys on to a, another map. I haven't seen t- that bad being soulless, to be honest. She seemed, perfectly, she seems perfectly functional. Yeah, business-like, even. What's, what's in a soul? <laughs> <laughs> Far more productive than an ordinary child. <laughs> Work in my factory any day. <laughs> That's what you wanted a child. Yeah, like what is a soul? The question really is, what is a soul? Like apparently it's just still... the annoying part that um <laughs> yeah, around part. and complains. It's just the part that your children were soulless. <laughs> <laughs> It's like she's she's capable of happiness because she and and has a unique personality trait of wanting a toy and enjoying Mm -hmm. that. So she's capable of positive emotions. Yeah, she was very. Seems fine. What's the deal with not having this? I need to know more. Like just kind of like (laughs) eyeing her up. Like seems fine. Yeah, I'm going to I mean, cut an she, onion and she hold hasn't under been her eyes. overly she hasn't been overly childlike. I mean, that's not really like a. It's, yeah, it's there's great. A, there's a bit of an. It's great. Not having a childhood is fantastic. <laughs> I don't have one. Childhood childhoods are overrated. I think yeah. this is yeah. a positive move. 
Times were different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the woods that you travel through to get here are part to reveal this expansive clearing. Uh, there's a small grass-covered hill with low houses built into its sides. Fog uh, seems to obscure the majority of the details, but you can see that these buildings feature elegantly carved woodwork and have decorative lanterns hanging from their sculpted <clears throat> eaves. Atop the hill, above the fog, is a ring, barrel topped, uh, is a ring of barrel-topped wagons that surround a large tent with a column of smoke pouring out through a hole in the top. The tent is brightly lit from within, um, and even at the distance that you're at, you can smell the odors of wine and horses that emanate from that central area. That'll be the yurt. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that odd Rittavio fellow warned us about this camp. Well, I'd like to see them try something, to be honest. Let's go. Uh, yeah. yeah. You guys, I'm assuming you've got, uh, as I've placed the tokens on the map there, Shannon, the, um, the carriage is like lined by these five on each side of your skeleton. Um, Fantastic. Skeleton crew. Um, and near the bottom of this hill, you're nearing this first house and you can see um, Savid poking his head out of the door of this nearest home. He pokes his head out and he's, he's excited to see you and he's, 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 he's waving out um, and, and kind of meets you. Um, can I move everyone together? Ooh. Meets you just uh, before a small path that leads off to what could possibly be his house. Um, he says, oh, you're back. This is, I, I swear Savi's voice changes every time. <laughs> <laughs> You're back. I'm so, so glad to see you guys back. And you found her. You found Arabelle. Yeah, we yes. did. Uh, Luvash is going to be so happy to see you. He's going to be so happy to see his daughter. Um, Go get him. Um, why don't you head up the path <laughs> uh, and we'll, I'll meet you at the top. I'll uh, announce your arrival for both Aragal and Luvash. Uh, and just, he, he runs off. Um, he runs off up the hill. Um He's fit, isn't he? He's a very fit young uh, <laughs> dusk elf. He's very fit. Uh, especially after you healed him as much as you guys what? healed him. I also, like, uh, all of Astani we've met, so every single person we've met here has been a human, right? He's the first elf He is the first seen. elf. What you'll notice, um, the house that he was standing, that he, he came out of, there is a grim, grey-cloaked figure standing in front of the door to, the, to his house. Um, and you, grim and a, gray, a grim gray cloaked figure. That's very um, ominous. Um, and you you look across the hill, sort of uh, over towards, uh, if you zoomed out a bit more, over to this house further along this hill, uh, and there looks to be a silhouette of a man standing outside, um, look, looking to be guarding that house as well. You're close enough I'm to, to give see. A tentative little wave. Um, you wave at the nearest guard and he looks over at you and he's seen um, Savid obviously interacting with you and he just puts a, a hand up um, and then puts it back at his side while guarding. In greeting? And in, in greeting, in greeting. Oh. It's just, it's a small greeting, but it's an, it's an acknowledgement. Um, and he too has very um, Alvin figures, uh, features, sorry. Um, and and, oh, and, and also nice. seems to have sort of a, a darker darker complexion, like a grey, dark grey complexion to him. Very similar to Elvish Greg. Oh. <laughs> See, I should have made an Elvish Greg. That would have been amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he looks to be a, a very similar uh, race to, to um, Savid, if not the mm -hmm. same. 
Um, American, are you are you heading the carriage like you normally have been? Sure, why not? And are you looking sort of over towards? Are you sort of taking in um, that guard as well and noticing? Because you're saying obviously you've noticed Savita's an elf. So. Yes, it's caught my attention. The the dusk uh, this just dusk elf that's guarding this um, house. He does a bit of a double take and just stares wide eyed at you, American. He, I mean, that's only natural. <laughs> Um, and he, he can't believe it. He's looking around for Savid to sort of try and figure out what's going on. And he just keeps coming back to you, looking directly at you, Mirakin. Mm. But he's not leaving nice his get a post. bit of attention, he's, actually, he's... <laughs> to be honest. I'll give him, like, a slight wave. Um, he... I already waved at him. I gave him another wave. It was better than yours. <laughs> he backs, he backs up. He backs up to the small sort of hovel that he's in front of and just knocks hard, really hard, on the wall. Two really loud thumps. Um, It doesn't seem to be for getting the attention of anyone within the house, um, but maybe other guards. And the guard at the other house on the other side turns to see what the, the commotion is, just what the knocking is for. And he peers out around the corner of the house and sees you all. And, American, you can just, again, you look over and see this... A guard just looking again directly at you. Just, uh, w- again, wide-eyed, and you just notice the mouth kind of like in, a, in a, almost, a, almost a shocked expression um, before he mm. s- snaps himself out of it, um, try, gets one last kind of look, and then disappears behind the thing to get back into his position guarding this house. And you look back towards that first one and still just looking at you and he's oh just got God, like a... Get over it. He's Take got a picture. It'll fuck. last longer. And he's just got... Like, and he's just got like a, a small sort of smile Sorry. on his face. A small smile on his face. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and I that's don't all. look... <laughs> that's all. Nothing untoward. So a smile. <laughs> Get him out of here. What is like, up oh. with you and these guards? Like, don't look now, but I think they're obsessed with me. Uh, <laughs> I waved first. I didn't get this kind of attention. Hello. No, to be honest, I, I do think it's it's because I'm an elf. I don't know. We are, These are the no. first elves I've seen. Well, <clears throat> be on your guard. Be on I'm your guard. Half, I'm half elf. Sorry, sorry Bill. <laughs> you I thought you were all elf. Me? Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm half elf. Look at the ears. They're a dead giveaway, Baron. Jesus, man. <laughs> well, what do your smoking? ears look like? They're pointy. A bit, a bit they? rounded. Aren't they? <laughs> They're not as pointy, he's are they? He's the, he's the other kind of half elf. I just have one pointy ear and one rounded ear. Oh. He's like, he's the other kind. I'm surrounded <laughs> by mostly elf. You're not all the same, Baron. <laughs> <laughs> There's two kinds. There's two kinds of us. This is getting a little awkward. Shall we just keep going? Okay, you've got ears. What yeah. do you do? Yeah, let's go. We're, we're exactly we're exactly half human and half elf in our party. That's a wow. good point. Yes. Um, you continue your way up the path, um, and the closer you get to the top of this hill, uh, you're starting to see a few more details. This uh, that, that ring of barrel-topped wagons. Now you can hear heavy snores coming out of a couple of. These barrel top wagons, obviously taking a book out of uh, Morley's book and getting a, a page out of Morley's book, getting an early night's sleep. Yeah. Um, there is there just <laughs> one? Is there just one spot missing? What? Like in the one, circle? One horse. Oh, there's one. There's, there's <laughs> in, in the middle Did of the circle. Did you get a whole wagon? 
in the middle of that circle is uh, is a big colorful lit tent at the moment that you're not seeing quite due to the dynamic lighting I think but the um so out of all of these wagons you hear snoring coming out of some you can hear loud voices and laughter spilling out from a, a, a few other um, wagons as well um, and then you can hear what sounds like just some kids kind of like happily screaming and, and like like they're having fun with the family kind of sounds coming from another few different um, wagons as well um, the hilltop is covered with just piles of horse shit. More than two dozen horses are tethered to stone blocks inside this um, circle of wagons, um, but outside of that tent. Most of the animals are draft horses, but a few of them look to be riding horses equipped with saddles. Um, you can hear what sounds like um, a whip, just like cracking down, um, followed by a shout of pain um, coming from... Uh, inside that that tent. Sounds like some weapon going on in there. Jesus, whatever you into. <laughs> uh, and then, Hopefully they're into it. And then just again, just this crack and the scream. I don't think that's a good whipping. Oh, Arabelle, any idea what that whipping sound is? <laughs> is this normal? She just, she just gives you. She gives you a shrug. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone's being punished. Does that happen? It can happen. Mm. Um, and Savid, get your da out here. You notice Savid running into the the tent, and for a minute, there's like a lull in that that whipping. Now I'm going to run in there. Yeah, I'm going to stop the horses. That's not what you say to stop the horses. I say the thing that you say to stop horses, Whoa. which is something. Whoa, I don't know. I do that, and then I jump off and then I charge in in an yeah. obnoxious manner. Feel free manner, to following Savid. Feel free to. Um, Take control of your tokens down. Sort of show me where, what you're doing, and where you're going. Okay. Um, so American follow Americans lead. Is Mer- that towards the horses, towards the tent? So the entrance way to the tent is just sort of to the uh, top right there, where where Morley's heading. So you dismount, make your way through these these wagons, um, and of that smell of all the horse shit and and uh, wine is, is really sort of picking up the closer you get. Um, mm, mixed messages. Morley, you, both Morley and American, you get to the, the tent first, I guess, and you can, you look inside and you can see, um, that's a good deck save there. What was, Bill? I was trying to not step in horse shit. You manage perfectly to avoid, <laughs> you're like sort of taking these uh, very pointed steps, like lump, jumping between from point to point, and Arabelle just walking through it, like caking her feet with uh, horse manure, without a, without a care in the world, right? She's done it before. Have you guys not lived on a farm before? It's, this is what happens. Um, so uh, Morley and, and American, you, you get to the point where you can start seeing within that tent. There's a couple of bonfires uh, lit within this tent and the smoke is pouring up and through a small hole um, in the roof of that tent. Um, you can see um, Aragel and someone who looks kind of like Aragel as well as another Vistani man um, who seems to be bound uh, to a pole in the middle of this um, tent. Uh, and he's just got these big whip marks down his back and his shirt's torn and, and he's bleeding from these whip marks. Um, and and Savid is, is, you just catch him sort of saying, and, and here they are. And, and he's sort of opens up and Aragal sees you all there um, and 
and says, that was fast. You're back already. <laughs> and and he doesn't Looks see... Like you're busy. He doesn't see <laughs> Arabelle, but Arabelle comes sort of running into this tent now. Um, and Aragel, Aragel is like quite surprised and she calls out, Dad! And just runs towards the other man that looks kind of like Aragel. This man that he runs up towards is still brandishing that whip um, and he seems to be drunk uh, and kind of a little heavy, like heavy on his feet. Um, he drops that whip and just starts crying. Tears just fill his eyes and he drops to his knees and he just wraps uh, Arabelle up in his, his arms. Um, hey, pretty good, eh? And Aragel sort of inspects everything and even the man um, who was tied to that center of the, um, the, the tent, he is like overjoyed with seeing Arabelle and he's, and he's crying and he's just saying out loud, I'm so sorry, Arabelle. I'm so sorry. I should never have let you out of my sight. Oh, I'm so sorry, Arabelle. I'm so glad you're okay. Uh, and he's just sobbing on his knees, still bound to the center of that circus tent. Aragel, um looks to, to you um, and says, Where's Bill? Bill, are you out there? Um, Bill steps forward and I just go, Come on, hand it over. All right, all right. Where, where was she? What happened? And he's fiddling around oh. in his pocket at the same time, looking for that diamond. And he's he's like checking different pockets, like he can't find it. Um, what happened? Well, why don't we sit down, maybe have a drink, and we can tell you what happened. Um, sure, sure. He looks around. He's still like he he's obviously very happy that you've brought. Bell back, the idea of bringing you into the camp and interacting is obviously not sitting well with him. Um, and he says, one minute. He goes over to uh, the other man, and the other men in the tent, and he loosens, he cuts the binds off the guy that's uh, attached to the center pole. And is like, go get us some drinks, Alexei, and be prompt about it. And the man wouldn't mind a bite to eat as well if you got any <laughs> food around. It's getting late, having a dinner. And Alexei hobbles off out of the camp, sort of pushes his way through you. And you just see these big bleeding gashes down his back that are just. Wait, wait, wait! Mm-hmm. Can I stop him and cast Healing Word on him? Uh, talk me through like what Murican is is going to do, and I'll I'll let you know what this um... Alexei does in return. So Healing I can, word is a range spell. So yeah, so I actually don't have to like touch him in any way. I can just I can just whisper out loud um, an incantation and um, heal him. So, so you, I do that. So you do, you're not kind of asking if he'd like it. You're just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Give us a give us a roll. How do I do that? How do I do that? <laughs> it's because um, roll twenty's being a real dick. This guy's going to be so like, just it give took me, me ages to whip that guy. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, don't heal me. And then he attacks the party, is what I'm predicting. How yeah. dare you disrespect our customs? <laughs> I've rolled <laughs> a, th- a one plus three for a total of four. So that's enough to start um, undoing all of the damage that's that's happened to Alexei. And as he's hobbling and pushing through, he notices... Um, 
the healing occurring and he's looking around. Is, it, is this something that is visible or anything, just your, your muttering, is that all? It is only a verbal component. Right. So I'm not going to be making gestures of any kind. Yeah, okay. He's looking around He's just and he's calling out, Stop! Stop! This was my punishment! This was... Why? Um, I knew he'd be mad. How did I know he'd be mad about it? And it's, and it's, it's too late. His wounds are all healed. Um, and he he's, he's looks towards the two other men, Aragal and the other man, um, Arabelle's father, and he says, I've, it's what, don't hurt them for what they've done. They've, they, we can return to this once they leave. Please. Oh God, no. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get the drinks. I'll, I'll get the food. Just, and, and backs out of, of the tent. Um, All right. Um, Some unhealthy dynamics at work, yeah, I must yeah. say. Yeah, she gets this guy. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, the brother, a little drunk on his feet, comes over to you all with Ar- Arabella at his side, and he just puts out, like, a hand to just the group. He's, to, he's just offering his hand to the group in the hopes someone will grab and shake it, or that's kind of what you're getting from him. Is anyone going to oh, step forward for oh, that? I'll shake his hand and I'll say, I'm Bill. Um, says, he, he, before you get a chance to even finish letting him know your name, he just pulls you in close and you can smell the wine on his breath and he just <laughs> and he just gives you that really, that really manly pat on the back and his hand is really tight, like calloused and large around yours. Um, and he's like, there's, there's nothing I can... There's nothing I can offer that can be more than thanks for what you've done to bring my little girl back to me. I'll come with me to my to my wagon and you can have anything. You can have anything you like from it. Just Hello. to say thank you for <laughs> for bringing my young girl back to me. And Belle behind him just sort of says, I told you. I told you he would. <laughs> I, I was like you once. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> that's, the, whole, that that's the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't want to preach straight at him, but I do want to let him know that, you know, I've been a drunkard. Oh, uh, right. This, okay. this is the perfect time to pitch our new business, our sn- small business enterprise to him. I was going to be his sponsor. <laughs> if he can find oh. the payphone, he feels the urge. Before you have any kind of uh, chance to decline his offer, still he's just grabbed you, Billy's turned you. He's got his arm around you. That smell of his of coming off his breath, and he he leads you out of the camp and over to this this wagon on the on the sort of eastern side of this of this tent. Did I get given the diamond yet? Not yet. Not yet. <sighs> Um, Aragal, however, is he, carrying, is he carrying me over the shit? Uh, he's or am he's, I being dragged through it. There's not so much shit on this side of the the um, the camp. Okay. Yeah, oh, he's got a, he's got a pre, he's got a primo spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. So I've I've just moved him over to his his wagon, um, and you can see as you as he sort of moves you towards it. Maybe if you want, a couple of you can follow behind, or all of you can follow behind if you wanted to. 
Um, but you notice that the barrel top wagon that he's leading you to is clearly nicer um, than the others. Drapes of gold and silk uh, hanging in the windows and the wheels have gold sun-shaped hubcaps. And there's a little iron chimney pipe uh, protruding from the, from the roof. There's, um, you can see inside the window, there's like empty wineskins, dirty clothes, mangy furs. Um, and you can see where the driver's seat would be. There's a small hammock, um, which looks to be too small for Luvash, but maybe just the right size for Arabelle. Um, and let's have um, a quick look. I let him lead, but I'll go in if he, um, if he, He's not, he's, not, uh, he's not really inviting you into it yet. He's, he's just sort of like standing you in front of it. And he just says, isn't it, isn't it wonderful? Isn't this a beautiful wagon? Yeah, I like the, the gold rims you got there. That's... The story behind those is just amazing. I got them from a small family of halflings. Maybe four days travel from here. There's fantastic travels, good bargainings. Got them for quite a deal. Got the whole set from nigh on three gold pieces. Uh-huh. Anyway, they... this isn't this isn't the treasure. <laughs> this, this isn't the treasure wagon. Why do we why do we take you to that instead? Um, and he then heads you just a little north of this wagon. It's like he just wanted to. He's drunk. He was just trying to show it off. Tell yeah. you tell you some cool shit about. I'm, his, I'm following along like a bad <laughs> his life. He takes you yeah, to this. It takes you to this other wagon, which is nowhere near as nice as the one he's just showing you. Um, and you can see that two iron padlocks um, secure the door to this barrel top wagon. And he fiddles at his waist for this big key that he's got strapped at his side and he loosens it and he walks over to one of the padlocks and he calls out, Aragal, can you, can you bring the other kid and bring it over here so we can open up this, to thank these five people. Uh, and Aragal <laughs> is just like, God, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. And he comes over <laughs> and he too is fiddling at the key at his side. He found his key at his side quickly, Bill, compared to how he was <laughs> sort of fiddling around with different pockets looking for that for that diamond. Um, mm. And he pulls out the key and they both uh, open up the two locks and the padlocks fall to the ground. Um, and Luvash sort of pushes Aragal clumsily off to the side and opens up this the wagon doors. Um, and what you see, you see you've got like just jewellery boxes and chests um, uh, this big wooden box containing what looks to be just a bunch of stoppered uh, potions. Um, and in the back, there's just this massive wooden throne with golden inlay and decorative stones. And he starts fiddling with some of these chests. He opens up one of these chests and it's just got from, from top to bottom filled with electrum pieces, um, each stamped with Strad's uh, visage on them. He opens up this big iron chest. That was like a little wooden chest off to the side. He opens up this iron chest and it's just... Again, filled top to bottom, 650 gold pieces just filling this filling this chest. Um, he opens up the small jewellery box with this golden filigree around it, decorating it. And inside looks to be just a bunch of small pieces of jewellery uh, and um, a potion with it's got a little skull and crossbones on it. You, it's probably like some kind of poison. Uh, and there's like a small unlabeled crystal vial there as well. Um, that Obviously that throne. There's like this rolled up square rug. That looks to be worth a Ooh. lot. It is like it is stunning. <laughs> it is a um, rug. 
<laughs> Forget the Electrum. I want that rug. Um, and he, he, he says, you would be surprised. You would be surprised at how expensive that rug is. <laughs> rug is that. <laughs> I value that thing to be near on. Probably 800 gold pieces if you were to sell there and find a buyer for that one. It was a deal I got it for now. Probably only like uh, 80, I think. I got it. Whoa. He's <laughs> the Del Trotter of the camp. And he comes back to that small wooden box with these, like, just stocked with these potions. And they look like healing potions, like potions that you guys oh. have used before. There's 12 of, there's like 12 of them in this, in this box. Um, and he throws, he sort of grabs Bill by the collar and pulls him under his arm again. And again, Bill, you just get assaulted with that wine breath. And he says, anything you want, my friend, anything you want is yours. Take one. When I say anything, take one thing. You're not having everything. <laughs> a one thing. What, take is, one. what is like a chest? If you, if you want the gold pieces, take them. If you want the electrum, do the, take Do em. the gold pieces have shroud? On them? No, no, these are just um, your your stock standard Faerun gold pieces. I can do some quick math and work out roughly how many gold pieces there might be in that based on like counting down and counting across. <laughs> you, you'd say it would probably be six to seven hundred gold pieces in there. Okay. And, hey, and we all, uh, Morley yells out from behind. And, and we all found her, remember, Bill? We all found her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One thing each, isn't it? <laughs> one thing each, <laughs> and the, he's like, oh, you, no, you one thing. You get one thing each. I look at I look at Aragel and I just say, "Can I also have my diamond?" Diamond, yes. I noticed you didn't bring Esmeralda with you. It was clever of you. I noticed that when you came in. Well, we don't know where she is now. She was. You just dro- you dropped her off at the tavern. She was just like having a drink at the tavern while you guys went off looking for Arabelle. Uh, but, or, or sorry, or yeah, you, I, didn't, I, didn't, you, I didn't want him to know that. Uh, so no, that's cool. So are you are you trying to deceive him? Uh, well, I'm. I don't know for sure that she's still at the tavern. Plausible <laughs> <laughs> deniability. Give me, give me a deception roll. Oh no, it's going to go downhill from here. We're not. Yeah, we're going to give them We're not hundred percent certain where she is, but yeah, you know. that's true. <laughs> oh. Double twenties, damn two net twenties. Yeah, she could be standing next plus to you. <laughs> she would be like, "Yeah, I, I guess she is gone." It's plus eleven for both of them as well. Damn, thirty-one, so good. Um, Aragel <clears throat> kind of just chuckles, is like, "She got away from you too, huh?" God damn it. <laughs> um, but the diamond, diamond, diamond. Only one second, and he he heads back to the um to the camp into the tent um so still searching his pot he's like patting himself down like hey, it's gotta be here somewhere it's gotta be here somewhere um but back with Lavash, he's sort of calling out to all of you now like so what does it gotta be what do you what do you want what takes your fancy uh, i'd quite like the diamond that i gave him oh you'll get your diamond don't worry i'm sure i'm sure this is just like a little extra this is in addition to the diamond Jesus. My understanding was the diamond was... Billy, you're uh, obsessed. The diamond was was just a bargaining chip anyway, right? It's not about... As a deposit. That's that yours to keep. The diamond's worth more than any of this stuff. You'll the get the diamond! I'm just giving you the diamond. I'm getting annoyed with your bill. Shut up, I've got the diamond. 
Take what about those guys. healing potions? Take We're in need of those. Take the gold. Okay, how true. Gold. But also oh. we need silver. <gasps> no silver at weapons. Was there silver yes, in there? Yes, silver everything. There was no silver I'll, in there. I'll Are nominate. there any magical weapons that look like they'd kill Strahd in one hit? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I can see. Like you that. take a look uh, around. Give me an investigation. No, there's, no, there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> did, did this guy say his name? Silver. Sorry. Um, Eris, his, name is, his name is Luvash. Luvash. Like Lubega. Exactly. Lubega. Lubega. They haven't been doing much Lubegging around here with all this horse crap. So what do you, what you guys think? Healing potions. Healing potions. As long as we still get the diamond, um, Morley, do you want to choose? I mean, does yes, it bug with magical? <laughs> I've been saying healing potions. Is nobody listening? American, I, I, I'm you, with you with the healing potions. American, Can't you just you make healing potions? Twelve of them is a lot to make. But you, you move over to the American and Luvash sees that you're interested and says, oh, um, I would probably... I'd probably just leave those ones. Those, I'm not going to say they're, they're counterfeit, but they're maybe not as potent as you might expect from... They're not really potent at all. They're just... Um, I'm honest as the day is long, this bloke. I'm not going to... Look, if if you were just coming in here, I'd probably, when I didn't know you from, from anything, from anyone, I'd probably sell these to you without a... Without any care in the world, but you've you've brought my daughter. That piss people do. He's just going on and on and letting us know (laughs) that what a piece of shit he actually is. (laughs) Selling past the clothes. (laughs) (laughs) So these these should take the gold. Not yeah, but the rest the the rest is all like that rug. That rug is a. Oh, that throne looks good. That, that rug would really tie a room together, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, don't have a, we don't have a room. Mm, um, have a room. No, yeah. Think about all the silver we could buy with that gold, or weapons, or <laughs> armor, or... Okay, kombucha. we'll take the money. We'll take the money. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But if we got the throne, uh, the skeletons could carry me around in it. <laughs> Um, to be honest, throwing that out you, you're, you're, always, always practical, Baron. You're eyeing up that throne, and you wouldn't be surprised if it was probably just as beautiful. It's this amazing wooden throne. It's got beautiful golden inlay and decorative stones all over it, like gemstones and stuff all over it. You wouldn't be surprised that maybe that throne would be worth more than what was in that um, chest anyway. Are there Do any diamonds embedded in the throne? No, di- <laughs> no diamonds. No, no diamonds. diamonds. Do you think it's something that Strad would be interested in, guys? If we go along to dinner, you got to take a uh, housewarming gift. <laughs> oh, he'd love this rug. Oh, true. Oh, hang, hang on a minute. Can Morley? Because Morley has a background in like shipping things all over the yeah yeah the coast, right? So he'd probably Inside be post. half halfway decent valuer. Oh, <laughs> let's, yeah, let's you're thinking that. Call of Cthulhu. That's we'll, a Call of Cthulhu skill. We'll base it on your um, wisdom. Spot value. Your wisdom, I think, will base your. Uh, all right. So you'll let me roll a wisdom save to see if I can sort of appraise which one do I think will be the most valuable yeah, thing me, in here, and, not, and that not a includes authenticity. No, maybe not a wisdom save, but a wisdom check. Yeah, let's let's go with that. I, I feel like right now you as a DM you're really regretting us having a choice. <laughs> no, this is this is good. This and is I good. feel like this is correct. Yeah, we should. Yeah. 
Um, right. you're, you're eyeing Fifteen everything up. I mean, the the value of like the chests and the and the coins within them seem to be pretty apparent. But the the that rug and that th- and that throne, those must be so close in value that you could probably <laughs> pick either of those. And but it, it definitely the the rug and the throne worth more than anything else in that in that carriage. But maybe American. Maybe you're right. Maybe the rug is the right way to. And a rug's a lot easier to carry around than a fucking chair. Not really. <laughs> well, yes, really. Oh my god! But I do look. I real as the DM. I really do like the idea of Baron being carried around by a skeletons for the rest of the campaign. I'm like, um, but to be honest, guys, um, a rug is not a liquid asset like cold hard cash. So think about that. Mm. That's true. <laughs> we have to find a buyer. I think we should get the rug. <laughs> Lou, I'm done. Lou, Lou is just like standing at the wagon, almost like cross-eyed, <laughs> like he's he's like just like, like checked out just while you guys are discussing this. Well, I'll let you guys decide. But I think uh, if you're going to get something like that, get the chair or the gold. <laughs> while the discussion is being made, Aragel um, comes out with a diamond between his finger and thumb, holding it high. Your diamond, Bill. Here it is. Um, you go to grab it, and he just like tenses his finger and thumb on it. Um, <laughs> Just making it a little harder for you to grab. And he says, if you see Esmeralda again, I want you to promise me. Slit her throat for me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, Bill, promise is a promise. <laughs> Speechless. I, uh, I, don't, scratch. I don't think I will. <laughs> it, was, it was worth a go. I need <laughs> loosens. <laughs> Oh, man. He loosens his grip. Doing and head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you'd said yes, he would have been super happy. About it. <laughs> Can we get the rug and the chair if we agree to murder? <laughs> <laughs> he loosens his grip on it, and you have that diamond safely back in, in your arm. <sighs> you love that diamond, Bill. I do love this diamond. Morley's wrapped the rug up and he's got it under his... I cannot believe uh, you're getting the rug. <laughs> <laughs> Who's adding mm. it to their um, inventory? The most boring of the items. Put um, rug, uh, it's worth 750 gold pieces. So it's oh, definitely... Oh. And now, now we have to go find a pawn shop and flog oh, it. No, it's only... A- $150 more than the gold. Just get, wait, I was saying with liquid asset is where it's at, especially in no, a cut, no, no, troubled no. You're, you're political fi- climate. No, because gold is, is it fungible? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. It's gold. Yeah. I, I it's a know. real item. Yeah. yeah. So it's fungible. It has intrinsic. No, it doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> but are you going to start? Yeah, no, are you going to are you going to start putting, non, putting out non-fungible tokens for proportions of the rug? Is that your, uh, is that your game? Yeah, how, much, how many Bitcoin can we get for this rug? One, one gold coin is another gold coin is another gold coin is my point. But, you know, for all we know, this rug That's might the be point really of gold coins. Like it. <laughs> it means you can exchange them for goods and services. But, but, but the rug may appreciate in value, but the, the, so does gold. <laughs> No, the currency is going to stay stable. That's the gold standard, isn't it? I don't think this country runs on the gold standard where they're making a dollar note for the gold coin. I'm taking the fucking rug. (laughs) You take the rug. I'm going to find a drink. I'm going to storm off. There's literally, 
there's literally a dictator on their Electrum <laughs> coins. <laughs> Luvash, yeah. Luvash and... A sure, a, a sure sign of a stable currency. <laughs> Luvash <laughs> and Aragal both fasten these padlocks and close up this, this wagon again. They're like... Thank God they finally <laughs> the decided. Class in negotiation from Morley. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> invested rug. And it's non fungible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going I'm to follow my nose towards wine. Yeah, great. So you do notice um, that um, the guy that was being whipped, he's returned to this, uh, the tent with some um, barrels, rolling barrels across the ground with a couple of friends as well. Um, he's got his wine. He's bringing some food um, to cook on over the campfires within the, uh, the tent. Um, and um, they've brought in some seating as well for everyone to, to sit in and, and enjoy. Um, Aragal and Luvash can... Um, sort of motion for you to come over to the tent and young Arabelle is um, sort of tucking herself away into Lavash's wagon sort of for the night. Um, and yeah, they, they invite you in and everyone's already drinking by the time uh, you get in as well. So what's... Are we just going to spend the night here? What are, what are we wanting to do? Do we want to chat yeah. to them for a bit? No, just drink their booze. Yeah, I'm kind of like curious to see if there's any other elf elves around in this central area, or are they just like on the outskirts of the town? You could well, definitely not town, but look, there there are a bunch of Vistani as well as Aragal and Luvash inside this tent. If you would like to ask them any questions at all, so I don't I don't see any elves. Um, outside of those first two guards and Savid. You haven't seen any. And Savid has uh, disappeared off back to his house. I should probably get rid of his token. But uh, disappeared off to his house since introducing you. Hmm. I'm going to ask, where's Savid? He should be celebrating with us all. Um, Luvash, still very drunk, sort of shouts out, Go get Savid! This young lady here would love... His company. Uh, let's let's bring him in here for a bit of for a bit of fun. Um, and one of the Vistani um, run off to go and collect Savid, but you know it's going to take a little while. So Savid, is, yeah. minutes are going to part before Savid comes in. So feel free to continue any sort so, of conversation. So how does this um, work then? You you traders, you move up and down the country trading for gold, spinning rims and such. Yeah, that's that's. A, the gist of it was we set up camp here. It's pretty safe here for us Vistani. And when there's something we need, when there's some trade that needs to be done, or if uh, resources need to be refilled, we venture out. Out into the outside of Barovia. Yeah, through the mists. What's the uh, what's the arbitrage like on uh, goods coming in from the outside? <laughs> must be must be significant. People of Barovia, we don't do this for the people of Barovia. We do this for us. We just do it for the us, the Vistani. Oh, trade talks have broken down. <laughs> they can't afford anything here. Look at them. Destitute. All of them. Mistrusting of anyone. They hate us anyway. Mm, they certainly seem to. We were warned it was quite dangerous here. It is, for some. Hmm. Ar- Aragel. Ar- Aragel. Sorry, I mispronounced that. Um, <laughs> could you... Hypothetically speaking, could you smuggle one of us out in, through the mists if we were to hide in a suitcase or something? That's not <laughs> how it works. 
Unfortunately, what would happen there? Would we just be pop out the other side, or would you not be able to pull the case through? Or you would die in the mists. You would suffocate (gasps) and die just by traveling with us. You would. Your body would end up outside of Barovia, but you would be. But your soul would be stuck here (laughs) forever. Oh, well, that's a that's a bit grim. Forever. Were you? What were you saying before I interrupted? Sorry about that. Talking about arbitrage, it just seems like there's money. It just seems like there's money to be made if you can get resources outside where it's cheap and bring them in. And <laughs> this is the economics episode <laughs> of Curse of Strahd. That's really good. Yeah. How many mags can you sell to uh, people to wagons? We just do what we can do. Reason. We just do what we can do to make our lives as, as pleasurable as we can. We drink. We we. Yeah. Yeah, we just have fun, man. <laughs> All right. No, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> you whip, whip, you whip people. Whipping. I don't need that, Bill. You bring in the room down. That's such a faux pas to bring up the brutal <laughs> violence that they were just committing. Because I don't know what to do about it. I'm just going to pick it up. I'm going to end up burning down their tent. Um. Things get just a, just like a little awkward when Savid comes into the to this tent and Lavash, drunk as, stands up and says, Lavash, you, what do you think? And he gestures towards Mirican. Haven't seen one of these for a while, have you, son? And um, the Vistani in the tent all just raucously just erupt into laughter and Savid does not look impressed, but he, he keeps that sort of upset to himself and does a little chuckle. All right, we find ourselves back in the the center tent uh, at this Vistani camp. Everyone is having an incredibly good time sharing stories of um, their latest travels outside of of Barovia. Um, Savid has has awkwardly joined you and is sitting um, close to to you lot, sitting next to maybe um, the Baron and um, Mirican. How would you like this celebration of events to go? Is, is there anything you guys have in mind? Or anything you'd like to know from Savid or Luvash, Aragal? I want to talk to Savid. I'm just like, you're the first elf I've seen here. And your fellow elves at the entrance gave me the strangest looks. I, well, there's, there is a reason for that. American. There is a there is a reason for that. You're, you're the first female elf they've seen in a very long time. For oh. a very for a very long time. Oh. Maybe maybe a hundred or so years. Oh. And I'm, That's I'm less so, a bit and I am sorry if I am staring, American. Uh, you are the first I've seen. My almost my entire life. Why is that? Where where do they all go? Um, Maybe it would be best for you to come and talk to Casimir. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. We've got a lead, guys. <laughs> oh, maybe you should come and talk to me in my in my wagon about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late. I'm like, it's not happening, Savid. I'm sure you're underage. I just know it. <laughs> I'm um, like, how? How? First of all, actually, though, how old does he look? Does he look over a hundred, like a nice legal yes. age? Because yeah, I yeah, just definitely. won't even definitely, definitely. Just not consider it. Yep. 
Absolutely. He looks to me. <laughs> you are considering he, he does look to be a similar <laughs> age, maybe a little younger than, than you, but not much younger than you. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, She's like, you're saying I look old. Looking is a bit of a cutie pie, but it's just not my, no, no. I think. So I'm not what I, I'm not here for that. I could... think will be gutted. The first woman he's seen his whole life, and he's just. <laughs> no, Suvid is a tender man. He's he's, he's a, a well cooked tender dish. I mean, when you've got your pick of every every man alive, why would you go for the first? Honestly, Barovia does not set a good mood, if, I, if I'm honest. <laughs> this is why there's so many. <laughs> kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. No, but we need to get serious. Who, who are we going to go see? Um, my, my, I guess he's the leader of us elves. His name is Casimir. Casimir. By the way, is it just me or did they treat you a bit like a second-class citizen? I didn't like the way they looked at you or talked to you. I guess there is reason for that as well. Um, I'm getting angry. I'm getting angry. We, we are... We are effectively here to, um, as you probably noticed with the houses surrounding this hill, we're here as, as guards for, uh, for, the, for the Vistani of this camp. Just in case anything oh. happened with uh, the population of Vallaki, if for any reason anyone was to come in here, we are the ones that have to in- ensure the Vistanis uh, stay safe. Oh. Looks like we've walked into a complex political situation again, guys. Let's fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shall we start an ill-fated uprising yet again? Mm. Yeah, the elf uprising. This will be right up Baron's alley, surely. Yeah. Uh, I'm checking my pocket for pamphlets just to <laughs> perhaps hand out later on. I assume the rest of the crew have also been listening. Um, it's probably – there's quite a bit of noise within within this tent at the moment, and – I assume there would be some of you trying, like keeping some conversation going with Aragal and Luvash and some of the Vistani. So maybe this conversation, I don't think this is the kind of conversation Savid would be talking too loudly about. Okay. So it would be more than more than likely anyone who's just close to Savid at this point. Is anyone else interested in going to see Casimir if they've been listening? Yeah, if I can take a bottle or something, I'll go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, it just wouldn't be a good look to slip out of the party, just me and him. I just don't want anyone to talk. So, okay, at least let's go together, Brian. Yeah. Plus, I think they gave a weird look. <laughs> <laughs> let's say that both um, Irina and Ismark are inside this tent as well and, and maintaining some kind of camaraderie with the Vistani. Um, so if, if all of you wanted to venture out to, to see um, Casimir... Yeah, yeah, I'll follow along. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, where's this little token? I'm ready to. I'm ready to get fired up. If I'm honest, I don't like what I'm seeing here. Um. Yeah, but I don't like anything in this fucking shit hole. <laughs> wow. TripAdvisor <laughs> reviews. <laughs> I mean, in Barovia in general, I was like, I've ended yeah. up as a mass murderer. Um, Savid walks out of the camp and, and um, let me just bring Savid's token over. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and heads around the, the tent towards the southern side of this, this tent here. Um, and there is a 
house directly south of this tent that he seems to be moving um, sort of towards. Oops. Um, and the house looks just like any of the other houses um, surrounding this ring of uh, wagons. And he just continues his way um, down. Uh, he's going to be very interested in hearing hearing your stories and and what's what you've been up to uh, within Barovia. Um, so who's who's coming along for the walk? Yeah, I'll come along. Okay. Yep. Uh, Bill? Yep. Okay, great. Um, I think Aragel and Luvash, or maybe just Aragel, Aragel gives you a bit of, all a bit of a, a look as you head out of the tent, but he notices uh, Savid is with you and uh, just goes back to, to drinking and talking with, with Ismark. Um, you can see, as you get around this house, you can see <laughs> sitting... Uh, standing quietly in front of the house, bathed in the warm light uh, of its lanterns, are three sullen, grey-cloaked figures, their angular features in black flowing half here, half hidden under their cowls. So they're all sort of cloaked, and uh, mm-hmm. they've got their cloaks and cowls over. Um, and Savid um, approaches them and says, Is Casimir available for some very important visitors and they um they nod and, and step aside um letting savid into this house so there's a door on the southern side if you guys wanted to um sort of make your way in um the interior of this house is there's a lot of um it's not overly it's not overly like tidy there are curtains up sort of instead of walls so there's just sort of curtains sectioning off sections of this house um and seated at a table is um, who you can assume is Casimir. He's um, he's also cloaked, and you can see scars on his face. Um, and where some of the cloaks have sort of protruded a bit to to cover the elven ears of the guards, um, there there doesn't seem to be that same sort of shape to his cow. There's there's no sort of uh, area where you would see ears pointing out in this. Um, on, on this character. He stands up and, uh, Mary, can you give me um, a perception check? Yes, I can. <laughs> Please hold. Listen to those men in the background. <laughs> oh, They're having a good time. I'm happy for them. Let's, uh, let's turn on Casimir's house sounds. I've rolled a 17 plus 6 for 23. Okay, great. Um, as he gets up, the cow folds in, in such a way that then you're sort of watching intently. You can see that the scarring continues off to the side of his face. Um, and where you would expect to see Alvin ears, there's, there's no ears. There's no, it's like they've been removed. Um, you can oh, sort of capture, capture a small uh, glimpse of that. Um, and he says... Sophie, why have you brought these men and, and, and this Alvin woman to, to me? He's kind of caught for a moment as he sees you, American. Um, and Sophie says, they, I feel like maybe they, they share some of your sentiment, Casimir. I, I might leave them in your company and, and, and head back before, uh, just to allay any suspicion. Um... Casimir nods and, and um, Savid makes his way out of the 
the house. And Casimir uh, gestures towards his table and says, please, take a seat. Let's, let's parlay. Let's talk. Oh, my. Um, I'll sit down. He says, first of all, the one thing I need to know, how long have you been here? Um, just a, a week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Our 54, this is episode 54. <laughs> you guys have only been here like six or seven nights, by the way. Around about. What? Yeah, it's only been about a week. It feels like months. <laughs> um, I've slept maybe six, seven times. But That's, it feels like an eternity. That is a good six or seven nights longer than most sleep. You've done well to survive Strahd's land. Hmm. I do wonder why Savit has brought you to me, though. Do you have questions? And um, sitting in front of you is, like Savit, another dusk um, elf. Uh, his sort of darker, grayish skin uh, is just sc- really quite scarred. He looks to be maybe 100, 150 years older than you, American. So he's, he's, he's um, definitely getting into uh, middle-aged, I guess, for, for an elf. Mm. Still looks good. Considering he's middle aged, <laughs> he still looks good. Minus the scar, probably. Minus about the dis- six and a half out of ten. <laughs> minus the disfigured ears. Uh, They're both scarred. Solid sixty-five, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, solid sixty-five. His face is scarred. American's the only one at the moment that's really picked up on the fact that he's missing both ears. Sorry, so both of the dusk elves are scarred. Uh, no, no, this is the first one that you've come across that Guess looks to me. Yeah, Casimiro seems to be is the only one that you've seen with a with a quite a battle scarred face. Oh, I thought. Sorry, I thought you said there was another person in there. Uh, no, no, just just Casimiro. Okay. Yeah, I thought that too. Oh. Um, just Casimiro. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you say? What brings us here? What, um, what do we want? Yeah. Why? Why do? You, why has Zavid brought you to me? Did you have questions? I'm sh- I, look, I'm sure you have questions. Yes, we have many questions. I mean, we were just brought here by Mysterious Mist. We've, we've just been learning about, about the history of this place in Strad. We're trapped here. Everyone lives in misery. And now I come to this place and I see, I sense injustice in the air, injustice against my fellow elves. I won't stand for it. So, Savi so told you about... What happened to us? No, he said you would explain. Which is why he brought you to me. Do you have the time? It's it's quite a story. We got all night. I have time. Where to begin? Um, you might Ooh. be wondering why we are here to serve as guard for the Vistani, maybe. Yes. When Strahd was just a man, not the beast he is now, the Dark Elves of the land tried to bring him down, but his, his army was too strong, and uh, on the verge of being completely wiped out, Strahd's armies... Um, we surrendered to Strahd's armies, oh. fearing, fearing we were going to lose all of us. Um... He left us to be at the mercy of the Vistani, his favoured people. And um, they were the ones that brought us here to Barovia. Uh, and we were free to come and go with the Vistani on their travels as needed until the curse fell upon Strad and us as well. 
cursed us to remain within the misty walls of Barovia. My, that sounds awful. I still have so many questions. Do you know the nature of this curse? No one seems to be able to tell us anything about it. Why are they his favorite? They they saved his life once, and he's just going to let them leave? And I don't understand anything about this world. That's just how Strahd lives. Those who look after him get treated incredibly well, favored and treated like gold, while any who oppose him are toyed with, left to suffer. And suffer, we Dusk Elves have. What? Well, were you... <clears throat> Sorry. Can you tell us a bit more about when your armies clashed? Did you manage to find a weak spot of Strahd's or... This was before Strahd was the beast he, he is today. He was just a man. We just... We thought we would be able to get through his forces and wipe him out, kill him, take him from this land. But uh, this, this wasn't even in Barovia where this was fought. This was back at his home villa, his hometown. Oh, the one that we saw in the mist. You've seen, you've seen the visage, visage. How y- yes. <laughs> I, I believe it's pronounced visage. <laughs> That's the kind of word you only read, and you're never really sure how to pronounce it. Yeah, and That's it means face saying. as well. So it's not like a, <laughs> it's, uh, well, a mirage. I think you mean. I believe it's pronounced mirage. Mirage. <laughs> it's pronounced American. <laughs> I'm uh, make him feel so bad about his own storytelling capability. <laughs> he shuts up forever. Sorry, I'm just trying to inject some levity into the situation. Please. Levite. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Levite. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you've probably also noticed may, uh, the lack of the lack of women here. Yes. Have I? <laughs> <laughs> what type yes. of woman? Elven woman or woman in general? Uh, you guys I've have seen. seen you, you guys <laughs> We've have clearly seen, seen plenty of women. You've seen Vistani women in this camp. <laughs> More horses than out. women here. <laughs> but I've seen other women as well. Not Dusk Elf. Irina, we've got <laughs> Mad, Mad, Mad Mary. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, while yes. there are many women still within the misty walls of Barovia, you will unfortunately never find a female Dusk Elf. Why is that? Do you know? Oh, unfortunately, these scars will forever remind me of why. Um, but it, too, is is a sad, long tale, if you are willing to hear it. Of course. Well, the other one wasn't that long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah, a little like bit really... insecure. <laughs> There's no need to apologize. In your, travels, in your travels within uh, Barovia, have you heard anything of Strahd's Brides? Oh, there we go. You should see the one they're knocking up for him down up at bloody... Uh, <laughs> where is it? Crits? Crits. Crits. Crits, yeah. They're knocking, they're knocking up an absolute banger for him up there. <laughs> Whoa. He, there's like, there's no smile, no nothing. He's just listening to you. Um, and, and can you give me an insight roll as well, uh, Molly? Yes. Plus one. Cool. Uh, he, he's he's um, he's he's almost not taking in any kind of um, 
<laughs> lighthearted anything at this point. It's 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 all very serious. He's he's um he turns to Bill to continue the story. Um, <laughs> all, all right. Okay. Have you heard of Petrina? Have you heard? Has anyone talked to you of the tale of my sister, Petrina? No. We've not heard of Petrina. This, this too was well before Strahd was the devil he is known to be now. My sister was obsessed with the man, the prince, that Strahd von Zorovich was as a mere man, and went knocking on his door to hopefully catch his attention and marry Prince Strahd. He became infatuated with his brother's bride-to-be, and my sister was forcibly removed from uh, Castle Ravenloft uh, and brought back here to the camp. When word of Tatiana's death came out across the lands and Strahd had become the devil he is now, Petrina became obsessed with not only continuing his, her obsession with Strahd, but obsessed with the power that he now held and wanted to get back into Castle Ravenloft with the intent of marrying Strahd. There was nothing any of us could do to hold her back, and she, she left. Months, maybe a year later, Petrina returned to this very camp to gain to gather some of her belongings and there was a fear that she was now married to Strahd. It was not we couldn't um, we couldn't get out the information from her to whether those rumors were true so she was stoned to death here at this very camp um, and when he tells you this he's his voice is breaking a little at the pain of his sister being stoned um, to death. It was, it was the only thing that I could think of doing to stop Strahd from ruining her life. I couldn't have my sister become some evil creature with a grasp on this land. And he, he stops and he hangs his head. What we didn't foresee was the payment that would come from Strahd. He sent one of his servants, an old friend of mine, Rahadim, to slay every female dusk elf in our camp. It has been a hundred years since this fate has fallen our kind, and I fear it is only a matter of time before the dusk elves here cease to be. Ooh, uh, that's heavy. There's... <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of silenced the room a little bit with that yeah, one. And that's, that's that fine. was a lot. Let, let that silence sit. Um, he he says, "I'm my decision to take her life is a burden I have been carrying ever since, and she still haunts my dreams every night." Thanks for being so honest with us, Casimir. That's a hard story to tell. It is a it's a hard story to live. My friend, I um, I believe that she has repented for the many sins she committed while within Castle Ravenloft. And I believe her spirit still languishes somewhere in the catacombs beneath Castle Ravenloft. So, because a soul can't escape, you don't think she's gone into another body? You think she's in Ravenloft? I believe so. She, 
Like I said, she comes to me at night in my dreams. I yearn, I yearn to free her from Castle Ravenloft and return her to life just to see my sister one more time. Mm. And what about Rahadin? Is he a dusk elf or? Rahadin is a dusk elf. He is probably one of, if not the most loyal servant to Strahd and has been for quite a number of years now. Mm. <laughs> Do you want a drink? And he, he, he nods and he, he gets up and walks over to a small um, shelf and, and gets just these kind of dirtyish, dusty glasses off the counter and places one in front of everybody um, and, and um, moves to sort of just pour uh, a, a glass of just a kind of water for everyone. He doesn't have much in this place. Wow, just water? Okay. <clears throat> I'm just going to pull my hip flask out and tip it into the yeah. water. <laughs> Anyone want some of this? I'm going to pour it in anyone's uh, cup. No, enough for you, Morley? All right, please. Oh, Six years. Fair so enough. <laughs> but what? Uh, you're amongst friends. I just want you to know that. And Morley kind of taps his ears and looks at Bill and American. Um... He he sees that and he grabs onto the, his cowl and he pulls it away from his head and, and loosens it around his neck. And you, for the first time now, are seeing that the scars on one side of his face lean, reach all the way back to one side to a disfigured, removed ear. And on the other side, his other ear removed as well. My old friend Rahadin took these, took these from me, as well as every female dusk elf at this camp. I... I could never forgive Rahadin for what he has done. Well, we wish to right these wrongs. We wish to kill Strahd for what he's done to this place. Kill Strahd? Do the thing that so many have wanted before, but none have succeeded in? It's, you think it's that easy? Well, I never said it would be easy. But we've survived this long, haven't we? We might have a chance, surely. Especially with your help. I have heard whisperings. If... Destroying Strahd is truly what you are intent on doing. I am amazed that you have survived this long in his world, so maybe there is some hope for you uh, to go through with this. I have heard that the secret to breaking Strahd's pact with the Dark Ones is within the Amber Temple. The Amber Temple? Uh, what? I believe that What's within this temple is what you need to break this curse and free Barovia from his grasp. You're the first person here that's TED Talk any sense to us. This is incredible. (coughs) My objective is not to kill Strahd. I feel that he, uh, if if it can be done, then uh, that would be life-changing for everyone here. I just want to see my sister returned. And I believe I will find what I need to bring her back to me within the Amber Temple as well. This is the second time someone's mentioned Dark Ones. Who are the Dark Ones? Are they gods? The Dark Ones. What is this pact? The Dark Ones are the ones that Strahd bargained with for his eternal life. (laughs) He was given the, the immortality from. Vampire, one of the Dark Ones, but that came at a cost, cursing him 
to immortality here and here alone, stuck within these very same misty walls you and I find ourselves in.